just want to thank everyone out there who's showed their support towards the podcast. It's been absolutely amazing. And if you've got any mates out there who've uh, got a few proper true yarns and uh, or someone who you know who's a mad dog who might want to come on and spin a few to us, uh, send it through. And uh, if you do one favour for me that would be absolutely incredible, click on the proper true yarn podcast, go to your settings of that and uh, hit auto download because we all know how uh, terrible the phone service in Australia is and I hate the old episode be cut short due to um, terrible phone service. So if you get that auto downloaded, um, we'll be all good to go and there'll be no interruptions. Oh, yeah. Thanks, guys. Did that really fucking happen? This ripper bloke called Knuckles, some call him the big knuck, spinning stories tall and true that'll make you say, holy fuck, the cities to the outback on the highway or the farm, crack a cold one with Knuckles and tell us a proper true yarn. Welcome back to the Proper True Yarn Podcast, the show at which we extract the wildest and the best yarns from the best people around the world. Just here with uh, one of your best mates, Stuart Ainsbury. Mate, you alleviated about camels, right? And I know you know camels. Every most people in Australia know who know you know camels. What is the best camel you've ever had, mate? Or like your fastest racing camel? Not your best camel, but your fastest racing camel. Oh shit, mate! We've had a few good ones. Like most of the credit when it comes to camels in my family is my old man. Like he's he lives and breathes them, yeah, as you old know. Donald, like, yeah. Like you could be talking about bloody son. Like you, you could have met Donald Trump. Or something, and um, he'll turn it around on the camels. He'll go, oh yeah, very good. Um, I did this with this camel that the other day, and rah rah, it's going well. And but um, no, mate, we've had some good ones. Shit, our our camel racing life started. My, my old man is a bush cop, same as your old man was. Worked in single-man stations for, you know, 90% of his career and he always wanted a, um, a useless animal. So he got camels and sort of didn't take him long after that to work out they're not so fucking useless. So <laughs> actually a, a big part of opening up Australia, like if shit, Australia would have taken a lot longer to open up if it wasn't the camels and... They tried horses, they tried bullocks, killed most of them. The old camels just soldiered on. Um, but we've, we we had some good ones. We had some real bloody good ones there. Our first best one would have been old Crystal. Yeah. You remember her? Yeah, she I'm won saying. the dash for cash in at uh, Oakland's camel race two years in a row. We used to have the old um, ACRA. Remember that? Yeah. Australian Camel Racing Association. And she won the fastest sprint camel, I think, two years or three years running. And um, old TJ, be able to tell you, she was quick. She was quick. Like it's all sit down starts back in those days, and um, you had to sit your camel down. It was wild. It was dangerous. <laughs> it was. It was. Um, it, but, it was. but the thing is, you know, it gets me, Stewie. Like you know, we're handlers. Well, you did a bit of jockeying, but you weren't a fucking... Oh, yeah, sh- yeah, I was yeah. the youngest camel jockey in Australia at one stage. Yeah, was, that was when you were four, because after that you turned <laughs> six foot and you got I too was, fucking big. I was nine year old, me first race, and retired at 14. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, so fellas of our capability and our strength and conditioning, we're made for one thing. We're fucking camel handlers. We're handless. We're handless. So a lot of people don't know you... A camel ain't like the fucking horse. They just, just the jockey gets on and they take him to start. 
It's fucking blokes like myself and Stuart's job to take that fucking, the jockeys on board and we've got to take the camel to the start, put up with the camel in the barriers, get kicked, bitten, dragged up the track. Well, I got dragged a few times. Stuart mightn't got dragged fuck all. Oh, no, I got, I, I tell you what, I, Oh, I used to hit the old ambulance up a little bit at the end. Yeah. Like, yeah the, old, the old adrenaline used to keep you going. And um, once you, if you knew once you got down to the bloody end, if your camel won, the old adrenaline keep you going for a little bit longer. But if your camel come near last and you were hurt and you, you were looking for someone for help. Oh, fuck yeah. You well, were we're stuck in, you know, like the old sit-down start days. That's yeah. That was wild. So you, you hush your camel down right on the start line. And you're there near near holding their fucking head down, and once that gun goes off, you're fucking looking just to head straight back. You didn't want to be anywhere near. Well, anywhere because there could be a camel behind you. That's so, right. So you had you had to have an escape route. Yeah. Um, and you know, like we we all had barriers, but where you actually were sort of told to go to sit your camel down, and where you actually got him sat was two different things. Completely. Yeah. Um, but they were wild. They were wild days. But but, but even like in the barriers, so the, we say a barrier. She ain't like a horse barrier. <laughs> it, it's, it's, she's she's two steel panels, and you've got to get your camel in that steel panel. So then half the time they're 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 pretty antsy because they know the guns coming to buddy to start the race. So you're in there and you hold them ready to start. And then next thing, bang, a, a camel hits the panel beside you and they half jump forward and they pull or drag you or she, she's, she's pretty. I, I, I can honestly say I've let one camel go. I've been handling camels. Like after I retired at 14, I was a handler. Um, I won Camel Handler of the Year in Accra in 2000 and something. Um, it was a long time ago. But I've let one camel go from the start and I used to handle Dad's camels, I used to handle everyone's camels. If they had a mad one, I wanted to handle it. I lived for the shit. That, yep. that was my thing and, and still do a little bit nowadays, not as much, but I, I still live for anything like chasing wild animals or, or, or doing anything like that. Like that, That's the shit I live for. But I did let one go and it was Dad's. Its name was Carbine. We were at Bullier Camel Races. I let him up, had it, no worries, had him going good. And we got him straight to the back of the barriers and he took off and he jammed my head in between himself and the barriers. Knocked me clean out. But just fucking knocked me. So I let him go. Obviously, well, I was knocked the fuck out. <laughs> he was, no, I don't think he that's was, much of an excuse, mate. He, he was gone. He was <laughs> yeah. gone. But in 30 years of racing camels, I have let one go. I've been drug across tracks. I've been struck. I've been bitten. I've been ran over of at all. And you know what? If there was one every weekend, I'd be there every weekend. Like I, I loved, yeah. lived for it. But, yeah, we had old Crystal. She was good. We had another camel called Zuki and Stevie Wonder. Um, the only reason I called him Stevie Wonder is when he was breaking, when we were breaking him in, we caught him on Hamilton Station, I reckon. Yeah, it was. Dad caught him. Um, one we called Phantom, one we called Stevie Wonder. They were 80% mange when we caught him. We rolled him with a motorbike, got him on a trailer, brung him home, gave him a bit of Ivermec, cleaned him up and got him on the racetrack. 
Stevie Wonder, but when you tied him up to a fence, he'd shake his head like that, like old Stevie Wonder <laughs> on the piano. <laughs> and um, but he was a real handy camel. Um, but there we we had a long dry spell, real long dry spell, like. You know, like a lot of camel people now go, oh, gee, you've been going good for a long time, but they weren't there when we had our dry spell, when when we didn't win bugger all, mate. Like we were carting camels all over Australia and, you know, sometimes we didn't have enough to bloody, you know, cover our diesel. Um, but then we got the big red man. Hook him up. Hook him up. It, he was the man. He, you, know, you know TJ's number one regret in life? What's that? You offered him to nah, buy hook him up. Nah, bullshit. You, you're wrong there now. TJ offered to buy hook him up. Oh, okay. So TJ's yarn <laughs> is, and LDL, here we go. TJ's yarn is, was it Forbes? Yep. And he said, um, there's a camel here I want to buy, but I don't know. He said, he's been un, unraced ever. I've been offered to buy him, but it's before he, before he starts today. And if he starts today, you will never, ever get a chance to buy him again. That's TJ, Jan. Yeah. And TJ said, TJ said, well, uh, I don't know. So TJ barked, farted, just did typical TJ, not me. You know, I just would have bought the fuck. But he didn't buy him. And then uh, the rest is fucking history, Stuart. What happened that day on his first start? His first start? He, um, I can't remember the jockey. It must have been. Oh, was it Sweeney or Jordan? No, it was Irish. Yeah, it was Irish. Shout out to Aaron Sweeney, the little Irish leprechaun. He's uh, still racing professionally up in Darwin um, on horses, obviously. But we got him started there. He came down from the Territory. Um, his actual name was Gibson. He is from Kings Creek Station in the Northern Territory and um, one of Dad's friends up there, Chris Hill, rang him up and said, look, I've got a red, uh, I've got a camel up here, you should come and get him. He's not going to make it for what I want to do, which is tourist work, carton, buddy, you know, tourists all around the countryside over sand deals and whatnot. He was just had, had a little bit of fire in him. And he goes, yeah, right, Dad said, no worries, we'll send a photo of him. He sent a photo of him and Dad said, I'll be there in a couple of days. He just liked the look of him. So we picked him up and he was nearly on his way home and he said to, um, Chris said to Dad, give him to Stuart. Let Stuart race him. And he goes, oh, he hummed and hard, hummed and hummed. And he said, why don't you just give him to Stuart? You know, like it's his turn now. And he goes, oh, rah, rah, and he got him home and I looked at him and I went, wow. Like he, he was the, the Winks of camel racing. Not that Winks was a pretty looking horse but, gee, she could gallop. But he was picturesque. And I said, Dad, I want him. He goes, no, 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 no. He goes, I'll give him to you. Like he's a wild camel, straight out the wild. He said, I'll give him to you for 12 months of racing. And I said, oh, yeah, that'd be fucking right. I do all the hard work, get kinked and stomped and fucking drug across the flat and then by the time he's coming good, he'll be yours again and you'll start winning. Well, we took him to Forbes, I think it must have been his first start. No, well, no doubt um, Donald will correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was Forbes. We took him there and we put the little Irish man from Cork, we put him on and he goes, well, how do you want me to ride him? I said, it's his first start. Just sit on him, see how he goes. 
Well, I got him up there. I think he struck me with the front leg three or four times. Got him in the start. He stood there not too bad and away they went and he fucking bucked. Like he bucked proper. And the little Irish fella said, well, fuck enough of this. So we started feeding him the shillelagh. (laughs) (laughs) And I think he won it by four lengths. He bucked for the first 50, could have been longer and then just dropped, like his guts just dropped and away he went. And that camel, like, he's got track records all over Australia. I've even got him tattooed on the back of my leg. Like, he, he means the world to me. He won that race. He won the cup. I say he's won 15, 16 cups. Dad reckons it's only about 14. But whatever. He's got track records all over Australia. He's won a cups. And even if you win 15 cups, that's 30 races you've won. That's right, because you've got a heat. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so in a camel race you have to qualify and use it. And that's not considering you've got a sprint race and a long distance race too, Stewie. Yep. So a lot of people – so a sprint race in a camel race is classes 400 metres yep. and a long distance is classed as – fuck, these days is 600 plus. Yeah. But back in the day it used to be the fucking – Or the 2K. The Bullier Desert Sands 2 kilometre. The 2K. But this camel, he, he's won the sprint and the long distance cup. Yeah. Um, he hasn't won – he never raced in a two-kilometre cup but he raced in the in the kilometre cup. Is Bullier down to a 1,000 now? I think it's 1,000, 1,000, yeah. 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 Because back even then it used to be four – most races used to be 400 and 1,000 but yeah. Bullier was the long dog. He was the yeah. fucking – it used to be Bullier Desert Sands 2,000. Yeah. 2,000 being 2,000 metres. Yeah. But, yeah. But, no, he's won – oh, shit, I reckon he won two or three long-distance cups there. I think he's won – Two short distance cups there, which is a credit to them. So it's just not a. They're not fresh, so they've 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 done their heat on the Saturday and on the Sunday's the final, and and both races are on the final too. Yeah, that's right. And 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 to win, like, would he's if if he'd won fifteen cups, that's thirty races, but that's not the other races we've put him in. Like he's won. Heaps of other races. That's right. Like, when he's got the the plates or the, the yeah, or something's like he, gone wrong. He's or. literally won. I don't know. I, I, I'd beg. Well, yeah, she. I don't know. He, he's won a bloody lot, anyways, and he, he means the world to me. Dad hates him. He says that, but he he's still yeah. in the paddock at home. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> if he'd hated him, he'd he um, would have been sold by now. Or bean hamburgers. Oh, yeah, well, that too. I wasn't <laughs> tough, tough and the dead in that country, oh, mate. I wasn't going to mention that. It's uh, where the men are men and the stock are nervous. But, um, <laughs> but he, um, he's an absolute machine. But you could lead him up to a start and if he didn't throw a front leg at you, like get you good. Like I've got videos on my phone where he's he's got me a couple of good ones. Um, if he didn't throw a leg at you, you'd be worried. Like you'd be think, shit, do I have this race? Do I really have this race? But as soon as he threw a front leg at you while you were leading him up to a start, you'd just smile to yourself. As much as it hurt, like it hurt, but you'd smile to yourself like we got this bastard. Yeah. And he it was an absolute machine. Like, And like when you talk about the heats, like, you know, you might have five or six heats in first or second might go into the cup, third and fourth might go into the plate. So you've got the best of the best for the day in that cup, like the, the best of every heat in that cup. 
And I've seen him win it by eight lengths. Yep. Like over 400 metres, mind you. You know, like you don't see a good horse win a race by eight lengths over 400 metres. No, shit no. Like that's, like he was quick. But I, I, I do remember Dad sort of thought, oh, well, we might get him, you know, like he's, he's getting closer to his racing, like the end of his racing career, we might get him trekking or something like that. And I said, yeah, no, no worries. So I wasn't there on the time, but Dad and a heap of his mates, Steve Beetson, I'll shout out to Steve, oh, he's a legend, absolute bloody legend. Brian is a few, heap of others, but it was sort of Brian's job. Well, I don't know if it was his job, but that's what he sort of did was on a picket line. So you'd have two trees with a long, thick rope tied between the two trees and you'd have a dozen camels either or like staggered, tied off along the... Um, along the rope and first thing in the morning you've got to let them all off, hobble them up and let them out for a feed before you start packing them or putting them in a wagon or or, or whatever. And um, <laughs> Brian's job was to grab hook him up and let him go and hook him up did not take to trekking or <laughs> fucking anything to do like that. He, he sat there for two days, I think, in hobbles and didn't even eat. Like he's like, what the fuck he has got me out here doing this for? But anyway, Brian one morning went to untie him, bang, straight on top of the head, just bit him. And he ended up getting the job done and that was all right. Next day I think he booted him and then the next, that, that night when he went to tie him up, no, it was the next morning, sorry, he went to untie him. And hook him up, bang, straight on top of the head, just grabbed him and drew claret like he was bleeding, proper. And he's come back to a good mate of ours, Stevie, and he said, oh, I just don't know what's wrong with hook him up, Steve. And he goes, oh, what do you mean? And he goes, well, you know, two days ago he bit me. The second day he fucking booted me. And then the next morning he's fucking bit me on the face. And, like, you can see... Like I'm, I'm bleeding. Like he, he got me good. And Brian turned around and said to Stevie, he "Goes, what am I doing wrong?" And old Stevie, as dry as he could, just turned around and says, "Well, you're standing too fucking close to him for a start." <laughs> 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 but I, I think they got the job done. But um, it was only just before I moved up here. I was at the territory for a while. Moved up here, up uh, Knuckles's country, and. And Dad said, oh, before you go, we'll put him in the wagon, see how he goes. And, you know, the old fella, we just put him straight in there and away he went. Yeah. There's no worries at all. So he's got his second career. But um, when it come to racing, he was he was one of the best. Like he, he's up there with the black caviars and, and, and old Winks and all them in the camel racing world. He was, he was number one there for a long time. Oh, 100%, mate. And, and like we're saying, you know, the, the jockeys, they get all the accolades, but it's the handlers that got to get them there, keep them there till the fucking gun goes. Oh, like, and it's adrenaline that keeps you there, though. Yeah, oh, it, it is. is. It, it is. It's it, it's it's, and that and plus you want to beat every other bastard. Like I'm yeah. mates of all the other camel people that went. Oh, you know me. Yeah. When it comes to competing, like even in my horse racing days, I used to train a few bush race horses and. And, and camels and, and whatnot, and I'm there to win. Uh, like in, in my world, second place is the first fucking loser and I don't want to be there. Yeah. 
I'm not a sore loser, but I want to be there. And, and hold hook him up. He made it easy for us for a long time. Yeah. So there's no doubt about that. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.